Joplin, and Timon Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio, my guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making a fortnightly appearance on the program. It's his fortnightly appearance. Former Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and also author of Big Data Baseball. He is currently a prolific contributor to Fangraphs.com. It is Travis Sawchick. Travis Sawchick. Travis Sawchick. Travis Sawchick is the guest. And on this edition of the program, he invites us to the forest glade outside of his house. But instead, in, in fact, actually what he's done is he's, he moves inside from the forest glade inside his house. The particulars are of little import. However, the discussion is riveting from start to finish. We discuss, for example, Sabre Seminar, which recently took place in Boston, Massachusetts. I was unable to attend. Travis Sashik, Travis Sashik, Travis Sashik, Sashik did attend. And what did he find there? He found some enthusiastic readers of Fangraphs.com. He found fellow writers at Fangraphs.com. He observed no fewer than one interesting presentation, in this particular case given by Dr. Alan Nathan, P.O.B. guy, and he, along with a member of the Pirates organization, committed an error, committed an error during that same presentation. We learn more about the Sabre Seminar, as I say. Uh, one finds that uh, of the pieces that uh, Travis Sajic contributes to Fangraphs.com, many of them concern adjustments players are making. For example, he recently wrote about the adjustment that Aaron Judge would have to make in order to combat uh, opposing pitchers' use of fastballs against him, the adjustment that Michael Conforto did make uh, to revive himself from his June lull, the adjustment that Giancarlo made in terms of uh, closing off his stance a little bit. What sort of adjustments does Travis Sotchik have to make is a question I ask. Uh, we also take, do we take, do we take a Google Map tour of Bay Village, Ohio, to which town Sotchik is moving shortly? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We also discuss dad nonsense. Nonsense for dads by dads. Um, and that's, uh, this is mostly roughly, and it's always, of course, a very pleasant to speak with such a, a gentle soul in Travis Sochik. A gentle, thoughtful soul. So let's get to that conversation. I should remind listeners that Fangraph's memberships exist for a reasonable sum. For a reasonable fee, readers can acquire a Fangraph's membership. And for a slightly less reasonable fee, those same readers, and of course listeners to Fangraph's Audio, can acquire an ad-free membership, which allows those same readers and listeners to browse Fangraphs.com without the tyranny of banner ads, facilitating faster loading speeds, and also liberating oneself from, as I say, the tyranny of advertising. No, the distortive effects of advertising is what you will liberate yourself from. But with this particular advertisement having concluded, let us now move on to our conversation. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? The prolific Travis Sotrick. And when does it begin? Right now. Sam was fine. Sam was suspected of suspected of having hand, foot, and mouth. Uh, no, really, without, have, without showing any symptoms, really of showing hand, foot, and mouth. So, my day was disrupted yesterday as I had to take him to the uh, pediatrician, and they declared full bill of health, and I had to get documents so he could return to daycare. You were vindicated. He's, I was vindicated. Now, let I, dis- I disputed their claim, but I still had to take them out of school. Let that, now, this must be frustrating. Now, you are, you are a working man. I am. And your wife is a working man as well? 
she is a she's, she's a worker. She's a professional. She's yes. a professional. You're both professionals, and uh, so you both have obligations, career obligations. <clears throat> we do. And this is in order to um, do. You know, I mean, you're you're part of. I think we can say you're you're part of your gears in the capitalist system. You're being chewed up pretty clearly, and you have to um, exchange labor or um, whatever it is. And, um, for uh, for currency, which you then use to uh, pay your bills. I, I don't see an. There's really not a viable alternative of this. No, there's not. No, it's not. You're not able to trade wheat, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're doing this, and it's also in order to keep yourselves and your son alive. Your son, who, um, who is not particularly helpful in terms of he has no labor to exchange really. He does mm. not. <laughs> he, provi- he provides no. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's coming up short on the currency. He's a he's a he's that. a financial sinkhole, <laughs> right? He's probably going to be a financial sinkhole for some time. For a long, yeah, uh, yeah. Jackie as well. Uh, I'm sorry to. Sorry, Jackie Sestouli. That's yeah. That's my own son. Yeah. He take take take, and uh, what does he provide? Um, a brief aside: If you are ever attempting to do comedy. For young people, say ages of uh, five to ten, maybe something like that. Um, one really rich vein of material is to begin by asking them how did how you should you know how you should parent your own child. And because <laughs> um, when my wife was pregnant, we did this. We ran into some young people, and I would say, so let me just get this straight. Like when when our son is born, like, he'll get a job, right? And the kids, inevitably, they say something like, no, right? And then uh, they're like, no, he's he's." And I say, but he can make his own meals, right? And uh, you can continue this for some time, in my experience, um, and you will you will keep a young person engaged. And uh, so that's just some material if you ever want to work with it. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Be, I'll keep this in mind. That's my gift to you. Travis, because I don't know when your birthday is. Is it recently? Uh, August twenty fourth. What's coming up? Is that? Are we there yet? As people as people learn more and more about my birth dates and I home addresses, mm-hmm. my identity is probably this podcast is making my identity more likely to be stolen. Yeah, a little bit. Well, but I always. A, but that's okay. In the introduction, I always share your social security number as well, <laughs> and your CSV. You know what your CSV is? Uh, my CSV. Yeah, it's, it's not like the, that's like your credit card number. Yeah, there. Right. That's that's the security yeah. code in the back of your credit card that you have yeah. to share when you you know sign up for Amazon Prime or make any sort of purchase. Really. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I always share. I always share your CSV. Yeah. Thank you. I put it into the file name. I put it into the file name for the for the podcast as well. And uh, let's see. None of this is what I'm saying. though. this was an aside. This was a dumb aside. What the hell were we saying? Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Your son was... Oh, so here's... So were you able to... I, now, I had, I'm i going to guess that that this situation where the where the daycare said, we suspect that your son has hoof, hoof and mouth, <laughs> or whatever, hand and, hand and eye. <laughs> hand, foot, hand, hand, foot, foot mouth. mouth. Yes. I hope you don't come, become familiar with this. Yeah, so I assume that... Yeah. That it required some patience on your part 
because as we noted, you you're a professional, your wife's a professional. It um, it required some patience on your part when, uh, especially since to your eye, he exhibited no symptoms. He did not, and what was particularly frustrating is he had, was just at the pediatrician on Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, he did have a sore blister in his mouth. So I did have them checked. I did have that checked out. In addition, you to, did okay, yeah. So he was he was cleared then, mm-hmm. and I related this information, and I guess it didn't matter. But it was. Particularly frustrating because we're also in the process of moving and buying and selling homes. Yes, there's a lot going on. And uh, you've, now you've hinted at that uh, in previous episodes, but I don't think there was anything explicit. So, uh, yes. so yeah, we have also purchased a home. So Tuesday, so yesterday was supposed to be a, uh, a, an important work day where I would have total focus on Fangraph's content production. Fangraph.com. Uh, and it was producti- productivity was less than it. To a considerable degree. Uh, so, yeah. Th- and that's why. Uh, so, so, yeah, it did require patience. Yeah, I bet it uh, did. I've, well, I'm just – because I'm trying to imagine um, – now, my experience of you as a person, we've met one time. Of course, we've spoken at length on numerous occasions by way of uh, Fangraph's audio. My sense of you is you're a person who <clears throat> has a large store of patience. You do not experience <laughs> um, You do not experience extreme emotions, perhaps as a result – um, well, a result of many factors, I assume, but um, not the least of which is your is your stolid Midwestern upbringing. Well, right, and, and my practice of stoicism. <laughs> well, yes, <and> your practice <laughs> of stoicism, naturally. Um, capital S, capital S, capital S, capital S stoicism. Um, have you been Have you been reading some of the <laughs> the seminal documents, uh, seminal texts of? Yes, when Sam goes to bed each night, we read a chapter from uh, some some of the seminal texts. Do the Enchiridion, perhaps by Epictetus. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> um, there actually uh, is a suggestion. I actually uh, read a couple of posts on Stoic parenting, and it's very relevant. Um, and in fact, what you're in part what I'm asking you about here, I, I suppose, actually dovetails nicely with. Uh, some main Stoic principles, which is how to contend with this thing, which ostensibly is out of your control, is a, uh, which is to say the daycare notifying you that they have concerns that your child is has uh, <laughs> I say hoof and mouth <laughs> hoof and mouth disease, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, close. And so I'm, I guess I'm trying to get a sense of from what I know of you, you're, you're like I said, you have large stores of patients. Uh, how how animated you would have gotten, um, because that, again we have a very frustrating situation here. Yeah, so I think privately some people would, that know me well might disagree with your assessment okay. of my about uh, reservoir of patience. But in more public, social, professional situations, mm-hmm. I try to be patient. So maybe I use up all my patience in professional and social settings. Okay, and then when I come home, it's depleted okay <laughs> have you ever have those you ever, closest to me bear the burden of that have uh, you ever slammed a cabinet uh f- more firmly than you otherwise would when you're frustrated uh sure yeah similar yeah similar demonstrative actions okay all right that's when travis Sachik is some yeah i've uttered oh uh, I've, I've i've screamed some obscenities into the air into the air uh, 
into the ether? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Is that... Would you ever direct an obscenity at a, at another person? Uh, what I I mean, it's probably happened. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't. It's not something I set out to do. Uh, well, and as, a, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, much more even than I am, but uh, I'm in the thick of it at the moment. Um, having a newborn is a, it represents a, well, I, if I'm going to phrase it positively, it represents an opportunity to exercise one's one's patience, uh, to yes. learn patience because, um, and and I'll illustrate this by uh, citing. Um, so there is a podcast I have not listened to it, but my wife listens to it called "The Longest Shortest Time." It's about uh, parenting, um, in early childhood essentially, and it is. Um, it is uh, hosted by I, I don't even know who, but I know that a recent guest was Jesse Klein, who is a talented comedian, E-N-E, and uh, has written a book about um, uh, pregnancy and birth and, uh, and, and parenting. And she's very funny. I know that's one thing that's uh, that's been on it. And I know that there's an episode. There's definitely an episode called "My Newborn Is an <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, One." And and one having a newborn. Um, sympathizes with this sentiment immediately. In fact, I um, I decided to new to um, Google the phrase "my newborn is an," and uh, it, there are many many hits. There are many hits, and there are people who share this sentiment because they uh, they are irrational and uh, um, they have needs which they cannot communicate. And um, even when you've exhausted what you consider all of the possible remedies. Um, they can still be inconsolable. It's very frustrating. One wants to throw them out a window. But one can't for a number of reasons. Or oughtn't, at least. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, your your life has changed quite dramatically in some very profound ways yeah. since we've last spoken. So this is, but so this is an opportunity to uh, to exercise patience, right? But uh, but I would just, I to my mind, Travis Sochik is, you would be particularly qualified to deal with that. Do you think that you behaved yourself in exemplary fashion during these difficult times, difficult newborn years, or newborn year? Uh, it's a challenging time, as I'm sure you're mm-hmm. uh, becoming acquainted with. Yeah, I, th- I think it forces, hopefully, your patience threshold to uh, to grow, to yeah. develop. You yeah. maybe start out with a 50-grade patience, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your potential is 65, hopefully. you, you got to get up there, yeah. That's 65. Or you um, just, uh, you know, you just wither, too. That's the other That's the other direction in which you can go. You can w- go in the withering I, direction. I think under, I mean, the communication part is tough because they, uh, the child, the baby, cannot communicate. Yeah. But I think knowing that the baby cannot communicate is is helpful. You think so? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Uh, how is how is the sleep going? That was the other. That's the other tough thing because that can erode patience when you're fatigued. And of you're course, tired it can. And, yeah, you don't have all yeah. all of your uh, mental resources. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. More difficult for my wife than for me, just by virtue of the fact that I'm incapable of feeding our son with my body. Um, we will be introducing bottle feeding at some point. Soon, mm. um, and that will uh, maybe level the playing field a little bit. I do have this uh, at the moment. I do this. I also do have some work requirements. I, I will say, uh, David Appleman, uh, Dark Overlord of Fangraphs.com, so was very generous. I basically said he basically said, "Take as much time as you need." Um, 
but it's also nice, uh, perhaps, as you were aware, of uh, having the excuse of work sometimes <laughs> um, <Right>. to, um, <laughs> to right. create a, an even larger burden for your spouse. <laughs> that's uh, that's um, it's uh, funny and true. Just wanted, that's an example of that. Um, and listen, let's get to, we can get to dad stuff momentarily or in a moment. First of all, important. We, yeah, we might be losing. I'm not worried people. about that. Yeah, I'm not worried about. It. I will. I've, <laughs> I've decided to take an unapologetic tact, so far as that's concerned, because I enjoy it when other people take unabo- unapologetic tacts. And so I say, if I admire that in others, why not embody that in my own person? So let's be unapologetic. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be, be unapologetic. Let's be unapologetic. Yeah, yeah. As long as we are obeying we are. ourselves, uh, let's not apologize. Uh, pressing question. You wrote to me and said it's 79 and sunny where you are. You are, are you in your, your glade there? I began in the glade. Yeah. But then I realized we usually do this later in the afternoon and Sam is usually home. Yeah. So the reason I've usually outdoors is to have a more suitable environment. Yeah. But, uh, I just realized I'm home alone. So I just came inside. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Probably going to order some pizza. And, uh, now that you're home alone, order some pizza and thwart off Sword off incompetent criminals who are trying to rob your house, right? Uh, yeah, sounds like a plan. Is that on the agenda? Yeah, okay, pizza, very good. Pizza, sword off criminals, sure. Yeah, that sounds good. I, well, I was worried. 79 Sunny, I think that's, for me, if I'm not in shade, that's too much. And I was just wondering if you had a source of shade outside. That was my great concern. Right, yeah, that would be too warm for mm-hmm. me also. Yeah. Uh, so I did have a source of shade. I'm very glad to hear it. And what is a source of shade? Uh, we have a patio that is partially covered okay. by a, a roof, mm-hmm. and it gives off shade. So uh, that, that's where I, I was housed to begin okay. this conversation. Well, that's great, and, and and I'm happy to hear that. I will say, for example, I've learned the virtues of shade too late in life, but um, I still I attempt to appreciate it. Even I, I overcompensate for it, perhaps uh, for my my earlier. Um, um, you know, uh, my oversight. Uh, at at what temperature would you be? Would you trade the shade for direct sunlight? Uh, let's see. Well, if I was going to be sitting out there, uh, it'd be sixties. I think. I think it would have to be sixties. I'm not a big fan of direct sun. Yeah, I think sixties right. is somewhere where it would be. I, um, here's, I, for example, here's the thing. I never liked the beach. Until one day I went with my aunt and uncle, and this is not that long ago. This is less than five years ago. I went with them to a beach in the north shore of Boston, and they brought an umbrella, and it changed my entire experience at the beach. <laughs> and uh, and from now on, for, since then, I have uh, my view of the beach, my appreciation for it, has entirely reversed. I am fan number one A uh, of the beach, and um, but as long as an umbrella is there, that's that's my story about that. I would be – that surprises me. I thought you would love the beach. I do love the beach. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Travis. <laughs> Travis, did I just – are you listening? I you, love said you, had not, you said you had not been a fan of the beach. Previously, I have not been. Previously, until recently. The introduction of the umbrella. As a, but, you, but you purposefully moved to the coast. But yes, it, but only in the meantime. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now listen, you bring up a good point too. I think so. That that is our uh, that is uh, that is the question of shade, the importance of shade, um, and I think that was valuable commentary. <clears throat> okay, moving on. Now you said I moved to the coast. You and I were recently 
within uh, 30 miles of each other, and yet we were unable to see one another. Um, yes, this was disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. I had yeah. just uh, come home with my wife from the hospital with a small child. It did not seem appropriate. I think you went. <laughs> did you think that was not the right time yeah, to I go off see... to have a night with the guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't. I had no real in- intention of floating that uh, with my wife. I because uh, I didn't. Yeah, to be honest, I uh, I felt my priorities were at home. Yeah, um, but. I was it, it was unfortunate that I was not able to see you. My first question. Now, of course, you were you had come east, you'd come to the east coast to uh, for the purposes of saber seminar, and I would like to ask you about saber seminar momentarily. Um, uh, but I know that you stopped in Portland, Maine first. I think you have a friend in Portland, Maine, and I'm interested in your experience of Portland, Maine. It was, it was a great experience. Yes, I have a friend, Dave Manel, who. Uh, He's a college professor by day and a baseball blogger by. Wait, by I'm night. acquainted with Dave Manel via the yes. internet. Yes, he's a fan of yours. Well, he doesn't have to be a fan of mine, but I, but I've had uh, only pleasant interactions with him, and it's right. I think that he is a is, he's a Pittsburgh Pirates a supporter, is he not? I don't. He well, he's more of a. I guess he grew up. He's from Michigan. He was a Tigers fan. Uh-huh. I don't. He's not necessarily a supporter, but he writes for. Uh, Bucks dugout. Oh, right, right, okay, a, right. A pirates block. He's a, he is none. He is a pirates analyst of some sort. Yes, okay. yes. So, uh, yeah, we had a love. He has a uh, home, and his a lot of his family, his parents, his girlfriend, they all live in Portland. So he spends kind of half his year in Portland, half his year in Pittsburgh, and uh, I spent one night with him. He took me around the town. We did some day drinking and evening drinking. Mm-hmm. We went to a a lovely uh, seaside restaurant, I think just south of Portland, that is famous for its, uh, of course, its lobster, I guess, and seafood dishes. Uh, it, it was a great experience. We went to a beach. I forget the name of the beach. Uh, but yeah, I love I love Maine. My fondness of the state only, only grew through yeah. this trip. Yes, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, well, it's a it's a nice it's a, it is a nice city, Portland. Uh, it has gotten it's, uh, it's become quite expensive in a short amount of time, which is its uh, main drawback. But of course, as you probably aware, it is on an isthmus. Well, it's not really an isthmus. It's a uh, it it is on a finite stretch of land. Um, maybe a panhandle. I don't know if it's a, is it a panhandle. Uh, I think yeah, it's probably it's, reasonable. It's, it's uh, a peninsula. It's a peninsula. <laughs> now it occurs to me, it's a peninsula. Uh, and a, which creates a, a finite space for housing, and uh, much like is the case in, for example, a place like San Francisco, which is also limited. I don't know if San Francisco is technically a peninsula. Maybe it's an isthmus. I don't know about that either. Um, maybe it's a panhandle. <laughs> uh, it's definitely some sort of topographical <laughs> formation. Well, it's, it's occupies part of a peninsula. San Francisco does. Yes. Right. right? Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. And uh, yeah, uh, part of Peninsula, and uh, yeah, and it, it uh, all things being equal, I think it, it uh, makes housing more expensive because you, you cannot expand, you cannot expand out, right? Location, location, location. <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said it. Glad you said it. I didn't have to. Okay, uh, so you enjoyed, yeah, you enjoyed me. We were not able to see each other, but then the next day you went to Saber Seminar. I think that was probably like a Friday or Saturday night was the FanGraphs event. 
It was, yes. And, and then um, wonderful and then they, event. Yeah, wonderful well, tell event. me. Did I assume that you? I mean, you met some people. I assume did more, if not day drinking, than evening drinking. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was. Uh, Appleman's yeah, tab. Did Appleman a- pay? He did. Yeah, and it was, it. A, it was a great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We. I met some fans of yours who were disappointed that you weren't in attendance. Did you meet any fans of yours, Travis? I would assume there would be more of them. Did well, you, you meet people who are Travis fans of Travis Sochik? Did you meet any people who were just who were excited about talking with you and and and, and, and with whom you were excited to talk uh, as well? I did, but I'm always suspicious of people just being kind. Yeah, I, that's fair. I think <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, some people did suggest they were uh, pleased and eager to uh, to meet me. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, and I, I viewed them suspiciously. Yeah, well, no, I think that I think those are all fair reactions. I think there's reason to appreciate the work that you do, Travis, and I think it's also I think it's also uh, right and good that you are suspicious of anyone. Uh, because they might not have the right idea. They may not know that occasionally you will slam a cabinet. You will slam right. a cabinet and, and utter it in obscenity. They don't know there, about your weaknesses. You only put it your best foot forward. That's right. There's a dark side. There's a dark and, side. Uh, to, and also, there's big stars in the room. Jeff Sullivan is there. You yeah. know, Saris is there. Uh, there are Jeff, big stars there. Jeff Sullivan, literally a big star. Not obese, but uh, quite tall, as you probably now know. He is. He uh you cannot miss him in the room. He stands above the crowd. Handsome and uh, and uh, well bred. I mean, he has many flaws as well. But I but um, he's he's tall and he's and he's his hygiene is impeccable, is my opinion. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. You can't miss him. He's like, uh, <laughs> he's like Lincoln and Richmond. You know, he just you see him. He stands above the, above the crowd, and there he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it is. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm looking for uh, if you have any particular anecdotes to share, whether of uh, from meeting people, um, whether to from meeting people at the event there, um, maybe um, some anecdotes you might have meeting other Fangraphs writers or Fangraphs readers, um, kindred spirits, or if there was a particularly compelling talk that you attended as part of the Saber Seminar. Oh, yeah. Uh- well, <laughs> so the Sabre Seminar took place in the Chemistry Lecture Hall of uh, Boston University. Okay. And you're not supposed to bring food or drink into this lecture hall. Uh, I did. <laughs> or at least there's signs. <laughs> so, what, uh, uh, what manner of food or drink did you smuggle in? Uh, a Dunkin' Donuts ice coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or as my son Sam refers to Dunkin' Donuts as the Orange Donut Shop, um, which is pretty good. That's, so, yeah, it's uh, a longer title, but I guess yeah. if that's... Yeah, the Orange Donut Shop. Yeah. So we were really... Like, it was kind of a small lecture hall, so it was and it was sold out, mm-hmm. so it was crowded, and people were coming and going, you know, for different talks and... And whatnot, and, and Andrew Gibson, who works in the Pirates front office, okay. he was uh, he was in the middle of the, the aisle, and I was in the end. And or wait, you know, he was coming back to get his bag, and as he got his bag, he I believe it was not purposeful mm-hmm. or intentional, but he knocked over my iced coffee, and uh, yeah, and it created a a considerable spill. So I had to 
I had to leave my. I took my laptop with me, and I. I guess I didn't trust the people around me enough. I left my bag, but I took my laptop, and I went into the bathroom, and peep, there's a line, and I had my laptop with me, and I just got a bunch of paper towels. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's it a curious scene. Uh, and I went back, and I mopped it up, and yeah, it was fine. But what was interesting is on the flight home. Uh, as I approached my seat in, in the JetBlue aircraft, mm-hmm. Andrew Gibson was seated next to me. Oh, so, yeah, we had a we had a nice long talk on a flight back to Pittsburgh. Did you did you uh, recount the, <laughs> the the orange donut shop debacle? Uh, we could laugh about it then. You could, Laura. Right. You're looking uh, yeah, back on it, yeah. right? Looking back on it, we could. But at so, the time, I imagined. Well, because you you stuck your neck out bringing your iced coffee into a room that specifically uh, where there was, you know, signage specifically stating no food or drink allowed. You looked at that and you said, you said, you said, you said the rules don't apply to Travis Sacek. That's what you said. I did. That's what you said. I did. Um, and you brought your iced coffee in anyway, You thinking in part, what are the chances, right? What are the chances that right. I, an adult man, I am not going to make a mistake, who hardly ever spill what are the chances uh well it turns out your worst fears were realized inadvertently and now you're not it doesn't sound like you're blaming andrew gibson per se although you did take you did go to some lengths to say his full name his title right yeah <laughs> right. so you know for the record yeah <laughs> and uh and then that that coffee's built now was it uh, what sort of floor are we talking about carpeted floor uh, or some sort the, of uh, composite uh, material, synthetic material. Yeah, the, the rows were tile or some sort of laminate. Okay. The the stairways were carpeted, uh, but it was mostly on the tile. Boston, if you're if you're an employee there, I, I believe it was mostly contained in a tile. And uh, I, I I feel I did a reasonable, if not expert, job of addressing the situation cleaning it up now of course as the father of a two-year-old right sam's two he is two and a half half. you probably have to contend with uh messy spills with some frequency yes yeah right (laughs) yeah as you're probably becoming uh, you're becoming aware of this now Mm -hmm. yes uh, your house will never be as tidy or clean uh a lot of opportunities every, every day is an exercise and cleaning or cleaning up some mess yeah. uh yeah so I, I guess i'm gonna get off the rails here but that is one thing that that's my 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 error yeah uh, was it was embarrassing uh <laughs> this is good i think we're really getting to the to the to sort of the the um, a place of human real real pathos here right i mean i made a i might have made the the biggest mistake at saber seminar uh mm-hmm. the, yeah. Yep. But the event was great. You know, a lot of great research. No, wait. Uh, uh, but just before we go, before we oh, get to that, okay. who, uh, if you were the official scorer for this particular uh, incident, right, and you had to give someone error or no error at all, how would you have assessed it? Oh. Huh. Uh, good question. Yeah. I guess it's sort of like when... Outfielders collide and they yeah. can't catch a ball. Who, mm-hmm. who is to blame? I mean, I would blame Gibson. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's it. It sounds I, like that's what, yeah. He clearly lost peripheral vision, or he didn't have a complete awareness of his surroundings. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, but ultimately I brought in contraband into the, the space, so. Right, without your, without, without you, there would have been no, even the chance for, for such a thing. Right. So really I'm to blame. Uh, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He made the physical error. Mm-hmm. I made the, uh, I broke, I made the illegal action. Uh, mm-hmm. so I was, yeah. Put the full blame, put the full blame and responsibility on me. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. And if I'm not invited back next year, I understand. You understand. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about some of the research that you encountered. I know, I know that you wrote a post. I, w- I had not returned fully yet to the site yet. I still haven't fully returned, but, um, you will never fully return. No, I probably true. Uh, you wrote for the site uh, on August eighth, last Tuesday. On Saturday, day I attended my first saber seminar. You discuss, uh, begin to discuss some of the uh, some of the research there, and I'm curious. Yeah, what uh, um, what for you? Uh, what are you taking? What 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 resonated with you? What um, what what uh, what compelled your synapses to fire and your pleasure center to Illuminate. Yes. Well, I was curious to hear Dr. Alan Nathan's study mm-hmm. on uh, because the, the juice ball has been such a conversation and research topic and the home run surge. So he dove into this with his own study, looking just specifically at batted balls in Tampa, since Tampa's not only sea level but a controlled environment with a dome and temperature. So ah. he's so he studied three years worth of. Uh, batted balls in Tampa. And balls hit specifically at launch angles, most likely to produce home runs. So I, f- I forget exactly, but you know, between 20, 30, 30 degrees. So this was, I was interested to see, uh, what he had to say because some, uh, there's been a lot written by Rob Arthur and Ben Lindbergh and others. And what he found was interesting that the ball did change from 2015 to 2016, but the, uh, and he's basically just looking at drag, so this wasn't a core study. So he's looking at, uh, as I understand it, he's just looking at isolating drag. But the ball is not playing differently this year than last year. But yet home runs continue to increase, and home run to fly balls continue to increase. So even though it appears the ball is playing differently, it is perhaps not playing differently this year compared to last year. Compared Although, to last year. Even though mm-hmm. that is maybe incomplete inf- information, that's what his uh, study suggested. So no, that no. means there is something else that explains the increasing uh, fly ball uh, or home run trends. And that was I was pleased to hear that because I've written a lot about the idea of hitters changing the way they approach their craft and trying to elevate and more squarely impact pitch. This serves your agenda. This serves my agenda. So <laughs> right. I was Yeah, I was I was pleased to hear that we can't explain everything by mm-hmm. ball that is playing differently. There's other things going on, it appears. Where where if you uh, would you please summarize um, because you're someone who looks at it with some care. Would you please summarize the current state of our understanding of the the ball as it stands right now? Given all given the the sort of uh, most re, uh, most current research, where are we with regard to the ball? As, so as, you it, understand it, it. It, as I understand it, this it appears there's less drag 
which mm-hmm. means either the, the seams have been lowered or the ball is slightly uh, smaller in uh, circumference. So yeah. uh, something has changed, although it is a hand-sewn uh, ball, so it would have to be a material change, whether whether it's uh, fewer threads in the seams or <laughs> something on the interior. Something would have to change because these are hand-stitched balls. It's not like it can change... Change a machine setting to do this. So. Now, you, uh, what you are saying right now about the ball being hand stitched um, is true. I think they're what they're crafted in uh, Costa Rica. Is that correct? Uh, this, this yeah. yes, they are. This reminds me of a conversation. Do you mind if I pull back the curtain on the editorial process at Fangraphs.com? By all means, I don't. I don't. This is, this is what gets people excited. I don't Gosh. want to name. We're not going to name names or sources here. Uh, but I would like to recount, with your help, please, yes. um, an episode that we had, as I say, behind uh, behind the curtain. You recently wrote a post for Fangraphs.com about the ball, you know, in this, and you were asking a particular question, um, and the question concerned uh, the possibility: is it, you know, is it possible to make a ball that is um, more consistent uh, from like individual ball to individual ball. Is that does that get that, what, what does that get at the, the nub of the thing? Yeah, can we produce a better ball? Since there's so much variance in right. in the ball and within the the legal standards of the ball, can we produce a more consistent ball? Right, yes. and you, and your suggestion was um, maybe it would be possible to produce a machine stitched baseball. Right. Yeah. Why are we Why are we hand stitching these? We We can put a uh, rover on Mars. Why are we hand stitching baseballs? Right. And you. But now, in at the same time, or as part of this post, you cited, I think, uh, some literature that uh, recounted some attempts to produce a machine stitched ball. Um, that would that would where each individual um, ball it's uh, would be. It would resemble the other, and apparently it was uh, either difficult, too difficult, or too expensive, or both. Is that how? Uh, could you summarize that, please? Yeah, I think you summarized it accurately. It was an Atlantic piece. It was like a hundred-year history of the manufacturing process of the ball, and there there have been attempts to machine stitch it, like the '60s and '70s, but they were too difficult or too costly, and companies and at baseball basically gave up. It's my understanding. Now, I know for a fact that after you published that post, at least one uh, interested party, and I think more than one interested party, reached out to you to suggest that actually (laughs) the minor league ball is machine-stitched. Made in China and machine-stitched. Yes, so... You were that was yeah. So you were concerned immediately. You said, "Carson, should we fix this?" And I said, "Well, uh, well, let's hold off for a second. And you did you? You showed restraint. I was ready to just. Well, be in, but I think you, edit, edit. no. But I think you were concerned because you don't want to be. Uh, I think that it, it maybe to your mind it could have been potentially embarrassing if you had overlooked something so obvious. Yes. Yes. However, upon. Uh, further examination. There, even if it, even though it's entirely possible 
that the ball, which we can verify was is made in China, the minor league ball is made in China. It's it is not there appears to be no publicly available or at least readily accessible and available information regarding whether the minor league ball is hand stitched or machine stitched. That's right. Yeah, we we did our own reconnaissance, online reconnaissance, and we asked the source if he could, uh, can, you know, how confident was he in this? Was there literature? Did he know from another source? And uh, he, he could not say for certain. He said it was basically inferred for a variety of reasons, but no one actually knew the manufacturing process in China. Uh, now, maybe we could just call up the manufacturer and they would tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should have done that. I don't think we were able to that day. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, so we so we elected not to change anything with the article. Right, that's right. I suppose we yeah, could just so. call Rawlings. Well, I mean, I'm not going to. You could. Are you going to – do you think you have any interest in following up on that story? Because we had talked about it at the time, but I know we that – We did, yeah. Yeah, I, I did want to follow up and then, you know, kind of – Got pushed on the back burner, but yeah, I think it would be a good follow-up story. Uh, maybe a good August piece too, because you know sometimes it's difficult in August. Yes, it, it's definitely worthy of a follow-up. Yeah, but uh, but you yeah, because you ran up, you ran into the trade deadline, is my guess, and because a lot of those... trade trade deadline, and then of course the Fangraphs retreat and Saber Seminar, and yeah, things have been crazy. Now you met a uh, you met a number of Fangraphs writers. What is your what is your impression of these people? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, my roommate was Sean Doliner. Oh, I like the, Sean a lot. Now, it, yeah. uh, it, it's possible. He would, now, Sean does write occasionally, um, um, but he is mostly responsible for, for example, the redesign, um, the awesome uh, graphics that, that uh, some awesome graphics that sometimes occur. He created for he created our tableizer. He does a lot of uh, great behind the scenes work. Yes, he is one of the. He helps make Fangraphs a site it is, and mm-hmm. he's he doesn't get bylines for a lot of the work he does. He's but. a little bit. He's probably of all the writers at Fangraphs. He's a little bit like the like the. It's a little bit like of a Jose Ramirez situation, where he he's probably a lot more valuable than the contract to which he signed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like David Appleman is ex- is extracting a lot of marginal <laughs> value out of a Sean Dolinar. This might be our last podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, whereas I don't feel as though uh, he's extracting any marginal value from my contributions. Yeah, I feel a little or, bit or myself, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more like a veteran, like an aging veteran, like you know, Tory Hunter, age thirty nine. We would clear waivers at this point of the season, <laughs> not, not be claimed. <laughs> you think you would have to take on a lot of seller to move us. Yeah. 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 That's how it is. That's how it is. Well, that's, uh, I'm glad to hear that, uh, Saber Seminar, uh, was a, was a success for you, that Borland was a success. Yeah. But in this hotel room. Oh, with Sean Dolanar. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So something really interesting happened there. And that, that is, he showed me how to, he gave me a brief tutorial on how to code, how to, how to use SQL, mm-hmm. and uh, it was interesting. So I feel like I've mastered coding in 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and really, it's just this, you're basically writing instructions uh, to have answered to extract information from a database. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, it was interesting. Now, this is probably not an, um, an illuminating comment that I'm about to make, all right? Yeah. I'm so, I, don't, I, I doubt that I'm saying anything new. 
However, what I will say is my experience of the the Fangraphs retreats, the annual retreats, which frequently used to take place during spring training in Phoenix, uh, but uh, last year it was New York City in the summer. Um, this year it was uh, it was um, um, organized around the uh, the, uh, the the, the uh, Saber Seminar, as we said. Um, is it you learn it, the the exchange of ideas is a lot more rapid and um, effective when you're all when you're all gathered together. There's no yeah. there's no uh, there's, there oughtn't be any ambiguity about that. It's just a lot more uh, fertile when you're yeah, when you're face to face. No question. Yeah. And I I read somewhere where Steve Jobs had the new Apple's headquarter design to uh, foster as much in person encounters, mm-hmm. uh, whether in hallways or wherever, going to cafeteria to create more human interaction. Mm-hmm. So people aren't just... And I think that's one thing. It's more and more companies and employees work like we do from home and they we telecommute to work. Uh, you do lose some of that collaborative spirit. Mm-hmm. So there is something to that. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll all work in D.C. someday. Yeah, wow, D.C. David Apple. But yeah, you're right. There is... So, yeah, it was very enjoyable to be around all our colleagues or coworkers. Yeah. Maybe we could have a, we could have a main office. I know you're moving to Cleveland now. Oh yeah, that's right. We have not mentioned this, uh, but uh, yes, I, um, in a recent episode, you hinted at the possibility of moving away, and now now this seems to, this appears to be a reality. It is. We are moving to Bay Village, Ohio, a suburb on the west side of the city, and. Uh, well, we still have to go through closing and do all, all those, those other things. things. Yes, the the official to make it official, but we have a uh, we have to pass the physical basically, but we do have an agreement to relocate. To actually, my wife is already working. Look at beautiful Bay so. Village, right on the coast of the yes, lake. Yes, I am. Oh, look at that! Now, is this one of uh, Cleveland's noted streetcar suburbs? Uh, it is, does not have access to a street. Okay, all right. But it is a 100% sidewalk community, so you can walk anywhere. Bay Village is accessible. There's a great lakefront park there at the mm-hmm. beach. Now, I'm trying to find, um, is, there a, is there a sort of downtown area here, or is there a village area? There is. It's, it's not as robust as Mount Lebanon, but there is a grocery store, restaurants, bars, post office. Where am I, where am I supposed uh, to be looking? Is it near the police department on Wolf Road? Uh, is it near the middle school? Let, let's let's see. Is it near the Ross Wine and Liquor? <laughs> it is off of, I think it's Dover Center Road. Dover Center. Just just east of the park. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, the Bay yes. Village, it says. Yes. That's what it says. Oh, yeah, it has the word village right in it. What an idiot I am. Such an idiot. <laughs> 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 but you'll see there is a... Uh, Mojo's Coffee and More, the Bay Diner, uh, the Moosehead Saloon. Oh, oh. Uh, yes. Uh, Let's find the Moosehead Saloon. <laughs> Are you going to spend a lot of time there, do you think? It's technically in Westlake, right over the uh, train This train line mm-hmm. divides Bay Village and Westlake, so it's technically in Westlake. Okay. But uh, I couldn't walk there, which is good. Okay. All right. This is what I wanted. Walkability was important to me. Yes, so of you course. Can walk to the... You could walk to the bar, 
park, you can walk to the beach, you can walk to the schools, you can walk to the bar, you can walk to the coffee shop. So that was important. It's about 14 miles west of Cleveland. So. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Let's look at Moosehead. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's, this is nice. All right. Now, yeah. Well, you're still in Mount Lebanon for now, so are you, have you gotten to the bottom of the tiny White House? <laughs> <laughs> I have a month, yeah. I think, before to, to figure this out, to solve this yeah. mystery. You got you to gotta, you gotta your priorities. Yeah, this is a... Uh, use the science of deduction. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, this Looks is, like right across there's some, from um, the... There's actually someone at our Fangraphs get-together mm-hmm. in Boston who asked me about the tiny white house. It, because these are the questions that, <laughs> that need to be answered. I mean, listen, are there more significant events, uh, clearly significant events going on in um, in our nation at the moment? Yes. There's a lot of unrest, and uh, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be part of the public conversation, right? However, I will say that <clears throat> certain questions – transcend time they may not appear as significant they may not be pressing uh, pressing as part of the um the national conversation but they have a sense of infinitude about them and the question regarding the white house is one along those lines it plays upon the imagination this mysterious white house (laughs) there is something eternal about it something that resonates with us that is irksome that speaks to that speaks to darkness and uh, it deserves our attention as well i'm not saying it's more important do you see is that clear is that i'm not saying it's more important um it, it is clear uh, yes but yes. Uh, but i would also say that it oughtn't be ignored or dismissed because it is humming constantly at a, at a frequency that plays upon us <laughs> in ways we oughtn't ignore you know, right, and yeah, I did that, and this podcast and sport mm-hmm. <laughs> serves as a distraction, right? And so, no, 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 it, not a distraction. No, no, I would say, and let, let me get to, uh, or you don't want to, be, maybe we don't want to be distracted. No, no, that. it's not a distraction. Here's what sport does for us, and and you agree with this, even if you don't know it yet. It it provides, it is a laboratory, right? That that has just like Alan Nathan's research, right? Is uh, on he he used uh, Tropicana Field because it has a number of controlled variables, yes. dome, it's at sea level. You can control for these things. Sport has a lot more of control variables. It has it has rules that are clearly outlined. With, so so we can we can see um, we can see humans at work in a in a. In a working under, you know, more constrained terms. And we then say, all right, well, let's see how humans respond to these um, challenges, these obstacles. And we can use that essentially as a um, as a, a sort of guidance for our own decisions under much more complicated circumstances, right? I, I think you agree with that entirely, oh, is my guess. Yes, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, yeah. Which is why well, I was actually going to ask you a question. Um, it, it gets, it's going to get a little bit weird, but I want I, I ask that you that you answer the question in the spirit in which it's given, which is of course one of uh, you know I like you a lot, Travis Hochek. Oh, well, yeah. I also have a, a fondness for you, Carson. Okay, good. Yeah, and I know you have to go. <laughs> but one thing I noticed uh, uh, there's a theme to a lot of your work, 
and it's um, and that theme is apparent in the, some of the posts just from the past couple of days, and it concerns this idea of adjustments, right? You wrote today, for in fact, for this morning, Aaron Judge might need another adjustment, right? I did. He's having some trouble with fastballs, or pitchers are throwing him different fastballs. Uh, you wrote yesterday uh, about Michael Conforto, who uh, and about his uh, his ability to rebound from not only from a difficult what 2016 season, but also from a difficult June. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, you wrote about Giancarlo Stanton, who has closed his stance markedly, and. Um, it has not seen his power suffer at all from it, and perhaps is allowed, it's allowing him this adjustment is allowing him to keep his shoulder in. Adjustment, 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 right? And uh, again, back to this idea of um, of this sort of parable of the sport, right? It allows us to see it allows us to see um, in a much more controlled environment the value of, um, of you know of adjustment, making adjustments, and the ability to do so. Uh, as you've illustrated with these three ball players, here's my question to you: Is what adjustment? What adjustment does Travis Sachek need to make? <laughs> I'm not saying you definitely do, but uh, you know, to keep pace, sometimes we need to adjust constantly. Hmm, that, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have question. to be one you answer full throatedly right now. Uh, I hear Jackie. Yeah, he's in the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to make some adjustments quick. Yeah, I think I need to find uh, some balance. One problem I have with working from home, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times I find myself still writing at 9 or 10 at night after beginning the day doing it. And part of it's my own fault for doing uh, some freelance stuff for The Athletic and putting extra, choosing to do more work. But I would like to have a more structured daily schedule mm-hmm. where at five o'clock this is this is done. I am putting my laptop away. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that is one adjustment I would like to make. Okay. Having yeah. a uh, that's something I've been thinking about lately. Yeah. There you go. Making adjustments. It's tough. But uh <clears throat> you know, you ask yourself how can I improve? Um and then you uh you know work work towards that. How about what adjustments would you like to make, Carson? You are at a place in life, yeah, uh, where uh, like this is a moment where you will not uh, pre-child, post-child. That's a big turning it's point, a defining moment. Yeah, well, it's a defining moment. A lot of new responsibilities, a lot of new time management required, yeah. a lot of new skills required, <laughs> and the learning curve is steep. Yes, it is. Well, no, and I think I've already sort of um, uh, gestured toward it. And that is a question of um, um, not allowing my uh, being having a sort of or contending with frustration, right? Um, and uh, there's, again, there's we have a powerful instrument for change in the in the, <laughs> the person of this newborn, who uh, sometimes will be inconsolable regardless of what I do, and. He that is like a sort of um, you know an immovable object you know his his behavior because it's 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 hard to influence it at a certain point right it's impossible so, right and so what I need to do is I need to modify my own reactions and that sometimes I get a little bit too uh, close to my own frustrations and I need to recognize that um, I can I can only I cannot control 
the out the outer the external events i can only control my reactions to it and uh, i think that it is uh, that i'm in a a moment that is ripe uh, for for dealing with that yeah you, you don't seem uh now i've only met you one time yeah but you don't seem like the type of person who'd be uh frustrated easily act emotionally you seem composed well um you know i've been known to to uh shut shut a cabinet door <laughs> a little bit too hard um and i well i also think like you know i i mean uh, when it's you know, 3 a.m. and the child is not stopping crying you have a at least i've had a feeling in myself that says well what would happen if you know what ha- what would happen if we threw him out the window <laughs> and um uh, I think well, it's okay to have the impulse as long as you don't act on it. Yes, yes. I don't. I don't suspect you'll act on it. I don't think. I don't think so. I've, I've yeah, looked at it from all sides. Remember your training. Remember <laughs> stoicism. Wait, what is that from? Remember your. Remember your training. Oh, it's from a lot of things. It looks like. It looks like maybe probably Star Wars. Maybe a, a yeah, some film of some sort. Yeah, I think it's probably been in a bunch of films. Seems like a maybe trope like you could. Hoosiers. Repeat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Hoosiers. Uh, a closing note, my wife uh, grew, grew up in a small Michigan town, and um, she had a health teacher who maybe was not entirely qualified for the role, and uh, what he would do sometimes is uh, he would just show them Hoosiers. <laughs> 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 He's like, here's a here's a, how to live. <laughs> yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if how long he remained employed this particular school. <laughs> anyway. Friday video days? Yes. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. listen. You have to get somewhere. I know that. Uh, but you've just been great talking with you. Maybe we'll talk for one moment off air. But in the meantime, allow me to say thank you, Travis Sacek. It's been a pleasure, Carson. Yeah. It, uh, uh, that has been Travis Sacek, the prolific Travis Sacek, contributor to Fangraphs.com. Uh, I'm Carson Sestouli. This has been Fangraphs Audio.